couple of weeks ago should have marked the beginning of the pastoral year, the year that the new pastor comes in, or in this case, the day when we, my family and I come forward and say, hey, we're here for another year. COVID changed that, and we couldn't actually make that declaration on the day that it was intended. And I was thinking about that this morning, that when me and my family first came in, it was after everyone started coming back into the church house due to COVID. You had already come in, and we, we picked up from there. And everything looked like it was going great for a while, and we thought COVID was gone. And I couldn't wait for the beginning of the year because there's something about January 1 that starts everything over afresh, is it not? And when January 1 came around, what happened? We all got hit with COVID again. It seems like it's just not going away. And then we all go down to annual conference and 10 or more of us come back with COVID. It's like a recurring theme here. And it seems like we get two steps in front of us and we take one step backwards. But the thing to remember is that even though you may actually take one step backward, you still made one step forward. It's about how you look at life. Because the reality is life is going to happen. And we can choose to be negative about it. We can choose to be woeful about it. Or we can choose to be excited about it. We made one step forward somewhere in our life this year, did we not? Whether in the church life or our personal life or our professional life. It's all about perspective. Today's passage of Scripture comes from the book of Philippians, chapter 1, verses 1 through 6. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and the deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. This, my friends, is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Father God, we come before you today and thank you for the opportunity that you have given us to gather in your house today. And Father, help us to, to come in with hearts of happiness, hearts overflowing with joy, and hearts overflowing with passion to know and discern your will for our lives. Father, I ask that on this day that you be with me, Give me guidance and words of hope and inspiration. Father, empty me of my own desire and my own will, but fill me with your spirit that every word that proceeds from my mouth would be words that are pleasing to you, that flows from your throne to your children gathered here. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. We don't talk a lot about this part of the book of Philippians, because it's the opening statements of a letter that Paul had written while he was under house arrest. Yes, he was under arrest. Paul entered the ministry of Jesus Christ, probably with the expectation that most people do, that life is going to be full of grand and joyous events. 
never experiencing despair, never experiencing trouble. But Paul soon found out that that's not the realistic call of Christ. That he suffered many things at the hands of many people for the cause of Christianity. You see, the church in Philippi that Paul had started some years prior to this text had sent a message to him because they knew that he had been imprisoned for his beliefs. And they didn't just send a message to him, but they, they sent things that he needed, money and friendship, things to get him through. Now, I don't know about you, but, but if I'm under house arrest or arrest of any kind where I have lost all the freedom in life that I once had, I wouldn't be too happy about things. And I don't know how empowered I would be to express great joy and peace to other people. But that's what Paul did. This letter was written to the people in Philippi. Again, while he was under arrest, his freedom's taken away from him. And he did it with great detail, meaning he didn't rush through the processes. And we see that in the very beginning when he addresses the people. First, to all of God's holy people in Christ Jesus who are gathered in Philippi. And then he began to isolate certain people in this greeting. Not just all of God's holy people, but also the, the overseers, or, or in this case, the leaders of the church and the deacons. That's what Paul said. He acknowledged not just their status in doing so, but, but their responsibilities as leaders in the church. He recognized the authority that God gave them. Is that not encouraging? That someone miles and miles and miles away from him, people that he hasn't seen in years, he remembers and offers acknowledgement to them that not only does he remember who they are, but that God himself remembers who they are, what he called them to, and to offer assurance that he still loves them. You see, the people in Philippi, they weren't experiencing the great abundant life that we imagine it to be when Paul sent this letter to them. They were under great persecution. Rome ruled the area. They were being told, you can't be Christians. You need to live like the secular world. You don't need to, to pray to your God. You need to pray to our gods. And in that time of difficulty... Paul offers encouragement. God still knows you. He still loves you. He is still passionate about you. But you've got to get through difficulty. And it's up to, to you how you get through that difficulty. 
You see, the people in Philippi could sit there and say, woe is me. I don't want to do this. This is too much work. The government's coming down on me. The, the people around me are coming down on me. Why should we even consider moving forward any further? Because that is the abundant life that, that Christ offered. Abundance isn't about material gain. Abundance isn't about having a trouble-free life. Abundance is about experiencing life to the fullest, walking with Christ. You see, challenges are put in life not to break us, but to, to make us into a people that are strong and dependent upon God. Challenges are put into our lives to enhance the life in which we live. It gives us a reason to get up in the morning. It gives us a reason to, to want to make it through the day. Could you imagine a life without a challenge? How boring that would be? But if we look at the challenges that, that God puts before us, then we know that God is active. Because Jesus said, all power and authority that has been given to me under heaven, I give to you. Words of hope and words of encouragement. Do you know what it means, encouragement? To take courage. It doesn't mean to be happy. It doesn't mean to express great joy or experience. It means to take courage. It means that, that we make a decision ourselves of how we're going to respond to, to the adversity that comes into our lives. Take courage. Be willing to, to face the challenge that God puts there. Because when he takes you there, he's not taking you there alone. He's going with you. And there are times in life then, that you want to quit. You can't see the vision. You don't know what's happening. And those are good times. And let me explain to you why those are good times. Because when we can't figure it out and when we can't see it and, the, and when the way we want it to look like doesn't look like that, then we realize at that point that that is when we become so dependent upon God to carry out His will in His life that we begin to forget about everything else. About how we want life to look. About how we think it should be. We take all those things which really and truly become idols in our lives because those visions and those hopes and those ideas is what we give our lives over to. And when we can get rid of those and learn to lean on God solely for instruction and for provision, then and only then does God become the true God of our lives. Was it the, the psalmist says something to the effects that, that if uh, we rejoice in the Lord, that the Lord will give us the desire of our heart? Have you ever thought about what that really means? For many people, including myself for many years, this is what I thought that meant. That if I 
rejoice, that if I raise my hands, that if I say hallelujah, that if I pretend or even not pretend, but in real life experience God's joy in my life, then God will give me the job I want, the house I want, the car I want, the people I want. But that's not what it means. That if we delight ourselves in the Lord, we will read God's Word. It will become our life source. That we can come to church or, or, or into the workplace or the schoolhouse and worship God with our hearts and our minds and our souls because of the gratitude that we have for Him. And when we start rejoicing and loving God in that manner, what we find to be true is this. That all those idols that took God's place is now replaced with God. And that's where true peace and true happiness is found. When we rejoice in the Lord, He becomes the desire of our hearts and nothing more. Circumstances no longer matter because God's going to get me through it. Regardless of what His will is, I will rejoice. You know, when Jesus stood out on the lake and the storm was raging and the disciples were, were terrified and he spoke to that storm, peace be still. He does that still today if we let him. See, the storm rages in our lives at times for, for whatever circumstance. And when we say to that storm, just like Jesus did, peace, be still. Those words have to be followed with action. That I choose today, James, to be happy regardless of my circumstance. Because I know I'm not alone. My God is with me now and always. And when I look into tomorrow to, to see wherever God takes my life, I don't have to worry about the fear of what might be, and I don't have to get lost in the idea of what I want it to be. Because here's what happens when we get lost in the idea of what I want it to be. I decide for myself what life is going to look like. And I'm going to strive as hard as I can to make it look like I want it to. And sometimes I will invest years of my life striving for a goal. Sometimes getting right up to the edge thinking that I am about to, to fulfill my dream and have life change right there on the edge. It doesn't always work out the way we want it to. Y'all wanted the Marine. I'm a Marine. Well, I won't say y'all wanted one, but the higher-ups wanted the Marine. 
Marines do more with less. Let me explain. The Marines aren't even their own department. We have the Department of the Army, the Department of the Navy, the Department of the Air Force. The Marines fall under the Department of the Navy. All the equipment we get, none of it's the new stuff. It's the old stuff. It's the stuff that the, the Army and the Air Force and sometimes the Coast Guard have already used up and worn out, and then they shift it down to the Marines because our budget isn't big enough to provide us with the most updated weaponry or technology. We get the hand-me-downs. So we had to learn that if we're going to succeed, then we can't get down on ourselves about challenges. We had to learn that, that if we're going to succeed, that we have to celebrate about those challenges. We know that, that when we go into battle, we're going to lose people. But we keep pushing forward. And we choose to celebrate that. And life happens the same way. If we choose to look at life and say that it didn't happen the way I wanted to, I'm down and out, I'm depressed, I don't want to move forward anymore, then you have quit. Marines don't quit. I can't change your circumstance, but I can tell you this, that if you stand on Christ Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that if you make Him the desire of your heart instead of a building, a home, a job, or whatever else, no matter what you encounter in life, you will always have peace and joy within your heart because you will spend your life loving the God who loved you. Don't worry about the clothes you wear. Don't worry about what food you, you will or will not eat. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then everything else will be given to you. See, Paul put these words together again to all the saints of God and to the leaders of the church to remind them that Christ came, that you have life, have it abundantly. And know that God works in all things. As Paul said, being confident of this. That the work that God began in you, He will carry it out to completion, lacking nothing, even until the day of Christ's coming. So continue your walk, choosing to fight the good fight. Face the adversity with the authority that God gave you and submit to his will and live in his peace no matter what life may bring. Let us pray. 
Father God, I come before you again and thank you for this time that you have given us to come together. Father, I just ask that, that as we prepare our hearts for Holy Communion, that we take this time to remember that, that Christ himself suffered that we may be set free. That he came into this world to, to heal the blind, to, to, to heal the sick, to take pain from our hearts and our minds. That we may live whole in your presence as we walk with your spirit. Father, be with us as we remember the sacrifice that Christ made for us that we may be reconciled to you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Father, we thank you for sending your Son into this world to live a life of, of hope and inspiration to show us and teach us the way in which we should go. And Father, we thank you for, for his selfless act of giving his life on the cross at Calvary that we may live and experience you in this world and that we may enter the eternal kingdom of heaven when we leave. Help us to, to encourage ourselves and one another and knowing that the body that was broken for us offers us power and authority to live out a life of peace and happiness. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. And may the Lord lift up his counts upon you and give you peace. Amen.